This is Season 4, Episode 9 of Going Beyond Salvation, and I'm your host, Jess Robinson, and this is the New Testament portion. And we're still in the book of John, and when we get into John Chapter 7, we see that Jesus, he goes to the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, John really kind of focuses on supplementing things that uh, the other um, Matthew, Mark, and Luke doesn't have. Uh, and so, you know, he's talking about the Feast of Tabernacles and, you know, get, he, you know, Jesus is going around Galilee. He's staying away from Judea because the, the Jews there, we find out they're, they're wanting to take his life. Uh, and then there's this feast and, and, you know, his brothers and we see his brothers, they essentially don't believe. And we'll see actually James, who is a brother of Jesus, his life is, is radically changed by Jesus. And we know for sure that he, he becomes belie- a, a believer, but they didn't essentially believe him and they were mocking him essentially to go up and, and Jesus is going, no, he's, he's staying humble they go and he actually just secretly goes and and we see that people are looking for Jesus and that there's this debate about you know who Jesus is you know some were saying a prophet but and we all see that there's this fear of the religious leaders that you know they don't they make sure not to say anything in front of him or in front of them in fear that they're going to get kicked out of the 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 synagogue essentially but Jesus appears and he's teaching you know at these feasts and at this feast and um you know we see this continual unbelief and I'm just going to kind of point out some of the things some of his teachings in this and I think one day we'll we'll sit down and really go into the book of John and really talk about it. But, you know, he, he says, you know, stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. And in that time, I believe, you know, when you look at this, this situation that he's in, you know, they were really, their view of who the Messiah was to be was very, very skewed. They were looking for somebody to conquer the Romans and that they would be liberated. And so they were looking at appearances. They were looking at where he he came from and that he was from Galilee. And just, you know, kind of continuing on in, in the feast, they talk about... You know, they essentially they're saying, you know, no one is going to know where he's from but they're like oh we know where you're from we know who your father is and he's like yes you know me and you know where I'm from I'm not here on my own but he who sent me is true you do not know him but I know him because I am from him and he sent me and and he's essentially saying you know I'm from God but you don't you don't know God and and which is true, they they didn't know. Their eyes were clouded over. 
and they're they're confused because then they're even thinking that he's gonna kill himself in this situ you know kill himself because he keeps saying you know i'm going where you cannot go some are actually thinking he's going out to the the jews who had been dispersed away from jerusalem and in different places there were some of those misconceptions they truly didn't understand it. it's just because you know their hearts were hardened they were being deceived by the devil and we'll talk about that in this podcast but one of the things i noticed is on the last and greatest day of the feast we see that jesus stands and he says in a loud voice if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said streams of living water will flow from within him by this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive up to that time the spirit had not been given since jesus had not yet been glorified you know he's when you're hungry for you know and thirsty for jesus you know you come to him and that is where your satisfaction comes from as i was talking about in the proverbs and and psalms podcast that when jesus is not enough you can do whatever you can and it's just not enough where jesus when he's enough your your thirst is quenched your hunger is quenched and and the living water is the holy spirit and it's talking about baptism in the holy spirit which when when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're allowing you know Jesus to live through you, you know it's pouring out of your life into others' lives, and it's blessing others and even to those who do not believe because they're gonna sit there and wonder why is you know this person so joyful? Why is this person live this way? You know, I think about a man who goes to our church and he, you know, every time you come across him, even in public and you say, hey, how are you doing? And he says, I've never had a bad day in my life. And even people who do not believe, they sit there going, how can this man never have a bad day? And they get curious about his life and and talking with him. And, And I believe, you know, he's really influenced a lot of people because of you know the the joy of the lord is in his life and he doesn't allow even when he's not feeling good he allows the joy of the lord to take over his life so and we see there's this debate that that people are thinking he's a prophet and some others are going what and and there's such unbelief in the Jewish le- leaders. And I wanted to point out this part of the story um, because we've talked about Nicodemus. And we see Nicodemus, you know, there there's such unbelief. Um, and he stands up and he says, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? You know, at first, you know, Nicodemus had visited Jesus in the dark he had visited jesus in the dark without them knowing and now we see he's kind of stepping out going hold on and you know hold on and and essentially he and what happens they say are you from galilee too look into it and you will find that a prophet does not come from out of galilee this is essentially an, an insult to to nicodemus 
he's insulted for standing up and for Jesus. And and when you look at the, the time period, there was Judea and there was Galilee. And we've talked about it in, in several podcasts ago. I, I believe it was when we were doing the book of Matthew. In Judea, this is, it was dry desert. There was mainly the, the religious, you know, that in Jerusalem, it was dry. And the people there, especially the Jewish people, they, they had this attitude of, of being kind of holier than thou. Where the people in Galilee, there was a lot of culture and there was a lot of trade going on in Galilee. But essentially, Judea kind of looked at people from Galilee like, kind of almost like hillbillies, if you want to think of it that way. And and so this was an insult. And when you think about our lives, there's going to be times that when we stand up for Christ, you know, for our beliefs and, and our convictions, they're gonna, there's going to be people that are going to mock about it. And so this isn't the last time we'll, we'll meet Nicodemus and he, he'll come back later on in the story. We look at chapter eight and, and, um, as some of your Bibles talk about, it's talking about like the earlier manuscripts, many other ancient witnesses do not have John chapter seven, verse 53 verses through chapter eight, verse 11. There's some discrepancy, but it's generally put in, uh, in the Bible. You know, it's just because a lot of the earlier manuscripts of the book of John did not have that portion. And then there were some later portions, but it is in there. And I believe it does speak a lot because this story is in, in chapter eight is as the woman caught in adultery and it's well known and it's portrayed anytime uh, there's a lot of movies that come out about Jesus. That is one of the stories that is well placed in there. And because when you think about it, you know, they, they were trying to catch him, you know, in something. And But when you think about it, it's like, hold on. It says she's caught on an adultery. But when you looked at their law, it was both the woman caught in adultery and the man. And when you look in the story... And I really didn't think about this until I was reading a fiction book, a uh, historical fiction book. And it was pointed out in this historical fiction book, where was the other man? And it almost seems like in that fi- historical fiction played it as they actually um, lured her in so that they they had something and it's sad and if that was true that they actually tricked this poor woman and but we see Jesus he the one that was that could have cast the stone he was without sin he doesn't and now many people take this whole thing of, you know, if any of you is without sin, many take this as justification for refusing to condemn sin within the church going, Oh, you know, you're casting a stone on me. No, it's what it is. You know, to have that kind of attitude distorts the Bible's attitude towards sin among God's people. 
you know, our con conduct towards sinners outside the church who have had little chance to respond to God's grace in Christ and his conduct towards those within the church who sin and do not obey Christ are two different situations. They're two different situations. Like I, I've said, you know, we love the sinner, but we hate the sin. If you have somebody who's in the church that blatantly knows it's sin and they are not repenting, then, then yes, you have to rebuke them. But you've got, you know, people that do not go to church. They do not realize that they're sinning or they may realize they're sinning, but they really don't understand the concept of God's forgiveness. And so you have to be careful with this whole thing about you who cast the first stone Now, Jesus doesn't condemn the woman. And when he says, neither do I condemn you, it really reflects his redemptive love or love for the lost. And that's how we should be. We should love the people who are lost, love them, but hate the sin. You know, that's just always what I've been taught. And that's what people say about, you know, that when there's such criticism about you know, Christians with, with those who, who were homosexual, transgender going, you're very, very, you know, you say you love them, but you, you can't embrace their lifestyle. Well, we can't, we can't embrace something that God says is an abomination that, it, that is considered sin. We can't embrace that, but it doesn't say that we can't love them, that we can't you know, share the love of Jesus with them, pray with them. You know, that's just how it is. So, you know, it, it's just something that we really need to really watch out for because uh, many people like to throw that, especially these days, and just because of our conviction and, you know, don't back off, you know, don't back off from those convictions. Then we get into um, the validity of Jesus' testimony, you know. It, there was always this defense about who he was and... And we get into the story, you know, in, in here with the children of Abraham because, you know, and the Jews were very particular about their genealogy, tracing their genealogy and that they're, you know, children of Abraham. But here's the thing that Jesus really points out. He's like, you belong to your father, the devil. You know, they were having a hard time hearing. And he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. And and that's how Satan is. He wants to seek, you know, he wants to steal, kill and destroy, you know. And and because of that, they were following the will of of Satan. And sadly, you know, it's there are people out there who are, you know, religious and they harm other people of faith thinking that they are doing the will of the Father. And it's, it's sad, you know, but really they're doing the will of Satan. You know, and it says he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, 
for there is no truth in him when he lies he speaks his native language for he's a liar and the father lies yet because i tell the truth you do not believe me because they believe you know that that's a lie and that's a huge thing in in that one and then i i really wanted to talk about chapter 9 to finish off there was jesus you know who heals a man born blind now the man that was born blind and and jesus really points this out because in that time they thought oh because he was born blind and even his disciples ask him going you know who sinned they thought because he was blind that somebody had sinned either this man or his parents and jesus tells them neither because this happened so that the word of God might be displayed in his life. Now, it's not saying that God causes blindness, that he's, he causes sickness or anything like that. But that this happened and God decided he was going to use this to glorify. And I believe he was sitting there going, back then, when this man was born, going, you know what? I'm going to use him when, when Jesus is on the, you know, the earth. To heal him, to teach a lesson. And that is how it is. You know, many people think because, you know, you're going through a rough time. You're going through sickness that you don't have the favor of God on you. It's not that, you know, we still live in a fallen world. People get sick, you know, you know, just like my mom, she had a mammogram recently and, you know, in all of her years, she's never been called back with her mammogram. This one, she's getting called back. And she has an ultrasound coming up. And it freaked her out. You know, going, what happened? And I'm like, you know, things happen. And maybe they just, they need to clarify something, you know. And we're trying not to freak out. You know, that that we're just believing that the test is going to come out clear. But, you know, things happen and, and you don't think it's going to happen to you. You you see it in in TV shows and movies and you think it just happens to everyone else but you. But sometimes it does happen. And and that's why it's so important that we get so rooted in, found, in our foundation with Jesus that when these things happen, you know, we're not shaken. You know, we're rooted in faith. And this man ends up being healed. And the Pharisees investigate this this healing going, what's going on? Why is the, you know, what happened? And they can't believe that he was healed. They can't believe and they think that, you know, he's a sinner. But I love the faith of this man who's blind going, what? You know, you know, you, you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, which points back, you know, to the Psalm that we talked about, that if we were in, you know, and if we're in sin, God's not going to listen. He's pointing that out and he listens to the godly man who does his will, you know, and that he, and he gets kicked out of the synagogue for it. And Jesus comes back to him and he says, do you believe in the man? He ends up believing and these, and he points to essentially these, 
that that because they you know claimed to be you know healthy you know that their guilt remains and so we'll we'll continue on um that that was the thing that I wanted to really talk about with today's podcast and the book of John and yeah we didn't go through everything and I I want to take a you know in the future take time and really just go deep into the book of John one day but that'll be for another time so essentially what we're going to do is for we're going to for the next podcast we're going to read John chapter 10 uh John chapter 11 and then in John chapter 12 and then start on John chapter 13 and and go through verses 1 through 30 and so feel free to break it up however you want uh for the next podcast and so that's essentially it for today and I just want to say thank you Lord Jesus for who you are God and that Lord we just thank you that we are set free by you Lord open our eyes to see your will as we read your word Lord and that just speak to our hearts in regards to our lives just be glorified, be magnified, and we just thank you in Jesus' holy, precious name. Amen. Have a great week, you, everyone. Mm-hmm.